Hey everybody, it's Eric from the Mature Minded Gamers. Today we're covering Picard, Episode 8, Broken Pieces. This episode should be called Answers, in my opinion, because boy do we get a lot of them, which I found very refreshing. Uh, so let, let's start out right at the beginning. We find out that the Conclave of Eight, today I got my standard bridge crew with me, Brad and Will. What up? Howdy, howdy. All right, this episode's going to work a little bit differently than some of the others in the past because they cut from scene to scene so much. We're going to kind of lump everything together in sections. Uh, So if you're used to the old format, let us know if you like this format better or the old style. I think this is going to be a little bit easier to keep everything flowing. Uh, So we start this episode out with them, uh, the Conclave of Eight is what I'm going to call them as well. But we also learned that the Conclave of Eight is a reference to a solar system where this planet is located. Uh, but there is definitely eight Tau Shi'ar uh, hanging out in that circle. I counted them to make sure. And when we zoom in, we find out that we have Commander O as one of them. We also have Nerissa. And we have Ramda, who we find out also is Nerissa's aunt, who took her and Narek in when their parents were killed. So we see those familiar faces, and we realize that... Uh, I was a little bit wrong because I know I kind of thought Section 31 was involved here, and I didn't really think Commander O was a Tau Shi'ar, but, uh, or not a Tau Shi'ar, I said that wrong, a Jat, Jat Bosch. But she actually is, as we find out, and we hear a whole bunch of backstory about what is going on. Uh, we get the planet that basically that they're on is from a past very powerful civilization they don't know the name of that basically put this warning out that all artificial intelligent life forms are dangerous, and that was the end of their civilization. And so the Jot Vosh has taken this to heart, and a whole bunch of stuff plays out. So, what do you guys think of this whole part of this whole telling of what is going on? Commander O being part of that. I, I found it really interesting that all those people kill themselves, which they, you know, they said that at the beginning, but the only one standing was Nerissa and uh, her aunt. So, what do you guys think here? Well, the ant wasn't really standing. I mean, she was trying to rip out her own hair. The only one that was standing was really Nerissa. I mean, and she was just kind of out of it. But if you notice, she was the one that wasn't even really apprehensive about grabbing the darn thing. Everybody else was kind of like fearful about it. So I wonder if it had to do with her own insecurities with what they were going into and too much fear as opposed to Nerissa was just like, okay, let's do this. And bam, just grabbed it and... While she had those same horrifying visions, she was able to kind of comprehend them and and analyze it a little bit more than the others, I think. Yeah, do you think that she she comprehended it more or she just dealt with it better? I, I, I kind of got the impression that she just processed what was going on and maybe had a little bit more mental fortitude to, to deal with what she saw. Uh, and she was a little less, I don't know crippled by what she saw as opposed to, you know, that there was at least one Romulan that backed away from it and shot herself in the head right away. I mean, they they were definitely dealing with some heavy stuff, but Nerissa seemed to just have the, the guts or the oomph to, to deal with it all. Do you think there's any meaning that they were all women? You know, I never really caught that until you just mentioned that. Probably, but I don't know. This is, this would be the second group of Romulans that were like matriarchal. So uh, the same group that that we met on that that planet, the one, the shoot, Brad, the the ones that were absolute candor. What, what were they called? The Vashti. Yeah, that's right. Well, I was gonna say. So 
you know, so far we've noticed then I guess two groups, you know, the Vashti as well as the Zatvash on this planet that like, as Brad said, I guess we're all female have, I mean, is that something in Romulan lore? Uh, I don't know much about the Romulans, I guess, to know are the Romulans led more from a, a patriarchal society? Not that I remember in anything past Trek. We also did find out that Commander or Commodore O is half and half, half Romulan, half Vulcan, which I don't think we knew that for sure. I think. Nope, but I called it. Right. You did. Do you think it's going to have any meaning later on that Narek and Sarissa almost seem like they were ready to undermine O? Do you think there's another power in play here, or do you think they were just kind of like, if we need to take control, we will? I think it's that, you know, we can take control, so we will sort of thing. I think that that's more indicative of Romulan leadership than anything else. Like, um, watching some of the episodes with the Tal Shiar, it was sort of dog-eat-dog and and, um, the strongest survive, and so I think they're just kind of following up with that and if you think about it if narissa was was there at the beginning of this and she or maybe not the beginning but if she was part uh part of the zavash then she would have had to indoctrinate narek it wouldn't have been something where they were indoctrinated together so with that she may have have included him with the intentions of sort of overthrowing O and and her leadership well we already kind of see that when O is basically telling him say hey if you're still standing and you can live through this, then you're you're still part of the Zatvash. I mean, I think that's just Romulan society, right? Any theories on why when the Borg assimilated the ship that she was on, that it made them go crazy and not being able to control themselves or whatever happened? I, I'm going to honestly say that it's my, my honest opinion or my my thought or theory on this one is that if we call back to the, the very last episode of our last two episodes of Voyager, um, Janeway was was um, ready and willing to inject herself with something that was going to to disrupt the collective altogether. And I think that, you know, while, you know, whether or not they knew about that, that process or whatever, it wouldn't be um, it wouldn't behoove the Romulans to have that. um that strategy in mind to infect themselves to to do something like this. So if the if the Tal Shiar ship was assimilated, then they would infect themselves with something that would then disrupt the Borg. Uh, so you don't think it has anything to do with what she's seen in the Conclave of Eight Circle thing? Oh, I do. I think that's the reason why she would have been prepared to do that. Oh, okay. See, I think that the Borg assimilated that Zatvas ship and they didn't know. I mean, it wasn't like it was intentional or anything like that. I think that they were trying to reclaim this particular Borg because the Zatvash were on the ship and the Zatvash were trying to just reclaim their own. And I think that's the whole reason they're even trying to reacclimate them in the first place. Otherwise, they would have just been like, okay, we're just going to blow it up. I'm not sure I've fallen either. So (laughs) obviously, they're they're reclaiming the, the Romulans are reclaiming the ex Borg, the EBs, right? So I think that the Zatvash are the ones behind the reclamation, the artifact of, of reclaiming those Borg back into trying to bring them back. I think the Zatvash are the ones behind that whole thing to make sure that no one else gets the secrets of the Zatvash and discovers that any of them were. You could be onto something. It 
doesn't jive with what I think, but that's okay. I think that the I think that the the reclamation project had more to do with the treaty with at least the Federation, if not others, than it had to do with the Zatvash trying to protect the anonymity or the the identity of anybody that was. Oh, not necessarily identity, knowledge, and information. Yeah, I don't know. I still think I still think that that their their uh, instinct would have told them to to eradicate more than it would be to to harvest data. Um, unless there was, I mean, I guess the other thing is they could have been trying to, you know, the reclamation project was part of part of something else, but but occupying the cube would be for knowledge and and for you know trying to find a better weapon against them but um yeah i'm not saying you're wrong i'm just saying i i don't know that that's the direction i think we're heading all right so next up we get seven coming back and saving eleanor it was pretty pretty great to see her back on the cube i really like that uh eleanor again was able to you know just murder anybody that comes after him pretty much he's just a bad mofu i think uh and then seven's obviously in there just not caring either. She seems a little bit concerned about what happened to Hugh, but nothing ever really comes of it. So I don't know if she even really knows that he died. Maybe she just assumes. Um, and then we get her going to the queen chamber. And as a last resort, she hopes herself in and becomes the board queen that we all wanted her to be. Didn't we boys? No, really? Yeah. I did not want her to become a board queen. Oh man. I mean, I thought it was cool the way she hooked up like that, but that that's not really what I was looking forward to. I was like, on the edge of my seat when that happened, thinking that she was going to get, you know, some part of her was going to get sucked back into the Borg. I mean, I, I had a feeling it wasn't going to happen, but that's certainly what, what my guts were, were thinking her guts were saying was that she's afraid that if she does do this, that she's going to get sucked back into, to this and, and want to start her own little Borg collective. So no, I really wasn't looking for that. I thought maybe it would be something a little more, uh, or a little, yeah, a little more benign than than actually becoming the queen itself, but it was pretty BA the way that it hooked into her spine and gave her complete control. Although the thing that frustrates me is that if she had complete control over the cube, why couldn't she stop the the Borg from being vented off the, the ship? That that sort of frustrated me a bit. Yeah, it seemed weird, but I know why they did that, obviously, because I think she's still going to be the queen of the Borg ship, even though she's not hooked in. I think they're going to create their own little... Uh, collective, and that's how she's going to help the XBs kind of get back and herself because you know how they both kind of seem lost. Like, Seven has never really seemed like she knew what she was doing, like, she's lost and you know, she's killing people. And I, I think, I think that's where this is going to go. I did like how she unjacked at the end and said, you know, no, um, I have things to do, or she still has things to do, whatever. The board queen basically said that about Seven, you know, so it was almost like she was two different identities there. And but I, I think she's going to take over kind of what Hugh was doing, except obviously be more like a, a queen and keep them all connected and work through their issues. And who knows? I mean, maybe they'll all join the uh, what was she, the Rangers. So I'd like to take a, a step back to the beginning of this kind of clump of these scenes here when Elnor basically, you know, after seven to nine comes in and, and rescues Elnor. And just the level of emotion that he was showing when he just grabbed seven of nine and just like held on to her. And she was like, it's okay. You know, it'll be okay. I mean, this is a, this is a kid that, you know, never really had parents was raised by the Vashti and never really had someone that's going to show him emotion and love and support. It was always about training and discipline and, and openness. Right. And 
it was just just a dump i think that he just kind of was like all of his frustrations and fears and everything just like oh my gosh you my savior kind of thing you know i oh man i, I just thought that was a pretty powerful scene that to, to show that and i thought that was pretty awesome i did think that hug was very touching it just shows how he can be very emotional when he needs to be or, or he's, he's not afraid to be emotional well he's just not this killing machine that we he's kind of made he in his mind thinks that he is i mean he, yes he's total ba you know but and deep down, he's just still just a child, you know? What would you guys think about how uh, she commanded the XBs to get Narissa? I thought that was pretty pretty awesome how kind of silently took out the uh, her little buddy and then almost had her. Then she sadly warped out, but I was hoping yeah. they would capture her. Is that what happened? Because I could barely tell. I couldn't tell if she... I saw, I saw some green flash in there, but I wasn't entirely sure. Yeah, she warped out at the end. Yeah, I mean, a part of me, you know, even though I was frustrated that that all the board got sucked off the ship, all the at least still still assimilated board got sucked off the ship. It was still, um, it was kind of comforting to know that that's the only remaining people on the ship were XBs and not not actual um, full fledged Borg. Um, I wonder how many there are left. I don't I don't know that we ever got an idea of what the the actual population of the XBs were compared to the other Borg, but. Um, yeah, I felt that that was that was actually pretty pretty sweet. They were a lot more silent and guerrilla like than they were uh, systematic, like the Borg would have been. So that was definitely cool. So how did she command them, though? I mean, y- yes, she's you know hooked up or whatever to the cube, and but they're ex Borg. It's not like they have any of their components anymore. So how did they how, how did they communicate with that? That's what I'm kind of curious by. I'm still thinking that they have you know, enough of their, their, their technology to still be able to communicate as Borg or I'm wondering if any of them still like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? If they didn't, you know, power up in the alcoves or, you know, I bet there was some part of it that was still there. I'm not real sure. I guess that's actually a really good question, but, um, in the moment it didn't feel like something that felt off to me, but, but now that you mention it, it does. No, all the XBs still had implants in them, though. I mean, look at Hugh. He even had some on his face. And every time they showed a picture of one, they always had scars, and a lot of them had little little implants left in them. I, I think on this ship, the Reclamation, they're not necessarily harvesting all the parts off the Borg like we've seen in the um, Cloud City episode where that the, you know, the gangsters were removing all the parts, or not gangsters, but whatever they were, that, that clan that that lady was running. Well, what, were- the hell was, what, what the hell was Soji doing then? I thought that was the whole point. She was pulling out board components and then trying to reclaim them. Oh, they are pulling off some, but they're not like just basically killing them, scrapping them like they were doing on that planet. They're being, they're keeping them alive. That's why we have XBs. Unlike what happened to uh, terrible names. Yeah. It seems how you just referenced cloud city and star Trek podcast. Oh, <laughs> what's it called? Free cloud. Sorry. Cloud city, free cloud. Come on. Seriously. So yeah. Anyway, well, next thing we know, Lando's going to come in, you know, with Lobot. You know, right? He's, he's a Borg. You didn't know that, Brad. He's a Borg. Boilers. Echeb, that's his name. They didn't. They didn't. You know, like Echeb, who got butchered and all of his parts removed. They're not doing that on the reclamation. All right. So let's move on. Next up, we are back on the ship. We're going to talk about this segment. There's a lot here too. Uh, we'll start out with how razzled rios was when he seen dodge teleport back from the planet with picard you could definitely tell something was going on there i had no idea where it was going to lead 
we find out that uh, he's seen her before, or one, another, one of her sisters, I suppose, as you want to call her. And we get the whole backstory of the previous ship that he was on, his former captain, what happened, who ordered the hit. Man, way more backstory than I ever would have guessed. We also get all of his uh, hollows together in a room talking. We we meet the engineering hollow who's got a, a Scottish accent, which I liked. I think a little bit of tribute to Scotty. I'm thinking that was a lot of bit of tribute to Scotty. Right. <laughs> I didn't pick up on any of that until you just said that. Uh, so we did. We just learned a ton. Um, I, I love Rio's character. I, I'm a little bit sad that we lost a lot, of, a lot of the mystery out of it. Though I still, you know, you can definitely tell he's having issues. I did like how the Hollows seem to be missing information, which they referenced that he had deleted random parts of their memories or something. But we also found out that when he bought that ship or, or got that ship or whatever, he had a choice and he chose to have them his himself scanned and then basically overlaid onto the uh, hollows, which I found interesting. Uh, but I like, I, I liked all, I like almost every one of those characters. Really. I like the different personalities and man, let's, let's talk about how good of an actor he is to be able to do um, basically six different versions of himself. That's gotta be pretty challenging for him. And I think he does a great job. When when I first saw that, as far as like Soji coming on, and there was like that the audio effect of him kind of being siloed or whatever, and just kind of having tunnel vision and and his heart racing and stuff, I was thinking that it was like a former like the body type or like her image, whatever, was like a former lover of his. And I was thinking maybe it was you know maybe a, a shipmate that was a was a, a synth that he didn't know was a synth, you know, I was thinking it was going to go in a completely opposite direction. And he thought, and maybe that's why she left, but what they, you know, what they did is they, they gave it a lot more story to it. And I absolutely loved it. I, lo I love how it kind of, it wasn't just a simple fix. It was, Oh, there was another captain involved and, and how, how he left with Starfleet with that. And I thought that was really cool. I liked the, how they, they brought in his relationship, like with a father figure and how Starfleet betrayed him as well, you know, and how O manipulated him and stuff. I thought that was really good. But you're right. The way that he portrayed those three characters was fantastic. Fantastic job. I like the way that Rafi was trying to figure it all out and put pieces together by asking each of them questions. And it finally got them all in the same room together. I thought that was great. Rafi almost seemed, you think you're crazy for years. And that's what everybody tells you. And then she's almost getting, you know, proven like she was right this right. whole time. It was all a conspiracy. And mm -hmm. you can kind of see her with her hand movements. I thought she did a great job with that. Like right. almost like, oh, my God, I've been right. I'm not crazy. You know, I well, thought she did a good job. And that that brings me to the point that the next point I was going to talk about was last week. One of the things that you mentioned, Eric, was on the screen for I think it was last week's episode. You mentioned on the screen for the Romulan communicate when she was trying to break into the computer and stuff. You saw those rings, right? which was Soji's necklace. Do you remember talking about that? Oh, yeah. And then, oh, my God, all of a sudden, that is something that she brings up. She talks about this design that she discovered inside the computer. So it wasn't coincidental, you know, and it obviously played into what we were looking at with that ring of eight or whatever. And I just want to give you, man, a huge shout out to you for calling that one. I didn't. I thought you were maybe onto something, but I didn't know how big it was going to be for it. And and wow, a great job on that, man. You know, all the XBs were doodling that, the Romulan XBs. Really? You, well, you know what? You just made me think about this. And uh, Sarissa said that ship that they captured was full of 
Javosh. So they probably were all knew what was going on. I bet you that is what broke the board cube. So somehow that must be something that breaks AI or something well, to that effect. So again, do you think that the Zotvash, them formulating that Zotvash is the, what shut it down? And that's why they're going in to reclaim it. I'm telling you, I think it has something to do with that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know fully why they're there. They almost seem like they're ready to cut their losses, though. So I don't really think they're there just to save those former uh, job Bosch, but maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe they're trying to save that symbol, but I don't, I don't know why that'd be that important. Right, really so how many, how many of those Zotvash were on that planet at the beginning with O? Wasn't there eight of them? Eight and only what three walked away. It looked like what I'm getting at. It's the, it's the conclave of eight, right? Mm -hmm. And they talk about eight moons, eight suns. Oh, eight, eight suns. Excuse me. So there's, there's something with the number of eight. And I think that's going to, I mean, I think it's going to be a, a running theme in the next couple episodes for some answers. Yeah, it, but, it definitely could. Cause I did find it interesting that th there was eight of them. So, cause we, we thought the conclave of eight was obviously going to be eight people. Then we find out it's really a planet that has eight suns. And so we find out that, and then, then we get a picture of them on the conclave and there's eight of them. So yeah. Right. Eight, and eight's there's definitely so going to play a big, which eight's a big number in most mythologies. So. Right. But then also Soji's necklace turned sideways as an eight. I just so many different cool things in that mm -hmm. little hidden so, touches. Right. So let's talk about the box that Rios opens. It has all of his mementos. He's got his uh, Starfleet pips. Looks like he's got a bunch. You think that's him and his former commanders? That's the only thing I can really come up with. I thought that was the captain. You talking about the picture? Uh, no. Well, I mean, no, I'm talking about the pips. He had a, a whole bunch of his uh, Starfleet command pins or whatever you want to call them. Pips is what I always called them. Oh, I thought that was maybe just the different ranks as he's moving up. Well, there's a bunch there. It looked like it was enough for oh, two really? people. Yeah. So oh, it, I, I bet it was his captains. If it was his and right. That's what I was. That's what I was thinking too. When I first seen the, 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 the ones that weren't filled in, man, my first thought was all oh, they're section 31, but they're not, they're just not filled in. But I got excited for a second. Um, he had a skull of some little animal it looked like. I don't really know what importance that would play. He had, obviously, it was a cigar box. He had a cigar in there. I didn't really pull any other trinkets out. Did you guys find anything interesting there? No, I didn't really see anything inside the box. That Yeah, I was going to say, not, not really. I didn't, I didn't see anything that jumped out at me. Do you think anything with the music he was playing had anything to do? Nah, just nostalgia. Right. It's good music, though. Let's talk a little bit about Dr. Agnes. So she comes completely clean. We were right. Raffi and Rios knew what was going on. You guys were also right. She didn't really try to kill herself. She did just try to get rid of the trackers, which she succeeded in. She comes completely clean. I think she's, I, I think she's squared back up. I think she's a good member of the crew now. What do you guys think? In your eyes, is she, uh, is she back to being honorable? Uh, no, I don't think I trust her yet. Yeah, there's still something about her. I, I think she's too smart to be totally converted back, if that makes sense. I think that she knows the gravity of the situation from that vision. And I think she's still certain part of her is going to be like, oh, you know, if this is going to come to fruition, I, I need to be the one that does something. But she had that nice one on one with Soji. Like, I felt like that was really heartfelt. I think she was faking it. She really seemed to be like in love with it. No, I mean, I don't I don't necessarily think it was it, she was faking it, but I don't know that I trust her yet. Well, I mean, I think that she's still enamored because that was her passion for the longest time. I mean, you could still appreciate the atomic bomb as far as like the beauty of the design and, and everything, but the horror that it can, it can cause is, it, you know, is still horrifying and 
What do you think John Luke Picard's meeting with the uh, the the head of Starfleet? I think right. Yeah, she's the commandant of Starfleet. What do you, What do you guys think about that? I thought that felt weird and out of place. Why is he contacting her? Is he trying to subvert what he's really doing, or was he legit trying to? Do you still think Starfleet's good? Is that what you guys think? No, I think Starfleet was going to come in and and take the synth away and blow it up. Uh, I think that he's just looking for additional support that he's got more information about what happened on Mars and he's looking to get back up. But, but he knows about commander. O at this point. Yeah. But the commandant isn't commander. O. right. But he went to the, to the, whatever her name was, the Commodore commandant, Karen, whatever Karen or something like that. He went to her first and that's kind of what got the ball rolling. He's got to have a piece together that she's the one that told commander. O. Or, yeah, but she's in cahoots with O, so... Well, I know, but we know that, but Ness, Picard doesn't necessarily, but I think he's put it to pieces together. So well, I, I I think he knew something was going on, and I think that's why he did it. I think he's got a like a plan, but I don't know what it is yet. Because I, otherwise, right. I don't know... I mean, at this point, you can't you can't trust Starfleet or anybody, in my well, opinion. That, that's, that's what I'm trying to say, is the fact that just because Picard knows it, and he has quote-unquote proof, doesn't mean that she's going to allow that information to get out there without just blowing it up in the first place. Cause we, we already know at this point how corrupt Starfleet is and we don't know, you know, how far it's spread. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know that. I think that Starfleet is completely corrupt yet. I, I don't what, I mean, you're basing that off of a couple of, a couple of bad decisions. They even said today that, 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 that the attack on Mars was orchestrated by the Romulans and that, that Starfleet is basically operating from a place of fear. I don't, that's why I don't think they're corrupt. I just think that I don't think the Starfleet as a whole is corrupt. I think she's genuinely sending uh, Picard back up. I think that, that she realizes that, you know, how deep the, the Creek is right now and that he needs support. All what I can you- say is I was hoping the defiant was one of those ships and Worf was on board. Um, either that or the Enterprises one, and we had um, Crusher, Captain Crusher, come in. I think we are very likely to see LaForge. I think Jordy will pop up in this last episode in some manner, and maybe even Worf. That would be awesome. I mean, we saw that set photo, so you could be right. I'm wishful thinking. There's no way. I'm 99.129% sure that we're not going to get Jordy or Worf in this. All right. Well, we know who will be buying the beer next week. So we see some really cool stuff where Soji takes over the ship very quickly. Rios comes on. Let's stay, and- let's hold on. Let's let's go back real quick. So you know the Commodore is telling him, or what? What rank is she? Commandant. Is that who? Not O, but the other lady, the one he was yeah. talking with. The O is Chief Security. She's she's Director of Security. I thought she was Commodore. No, I don't believe so. Anyway, so he was talking to her, though, and she's specifically telling him to stay at Deep Space 12, right? And saying, I'm sending the ships there. And later on in the episode, I mean, that just kind of just goes to the wayside. I mean, with what, with where the, the Federation is being backed up to, you got to wonder why he didn't want to try to stay there and wait for backup. Well, the way they played it, it, it was definitely Dodge that forced them to, you know, force their hand. But, I mean, Picard was all behind her, though, and even said, you know, we've tried Maddox's way, and we've tried your way, and now we're going to do Dodge's way. 
I don't know. It it, it just felt weird. I, I think we're I think there's gonna be something that happens next episode. It's all gonna play out. We're gonna understand why everything happened that way, but I, I don't know if we know yet. I but I did think that scene was fantastic where she is taking over command of the ship and Rios comes in and sings his little uh, lullaby that first time we've heard about him having a mother. I mean, obviously we knew that, but we didn't know that, you know, obviously they must have, he must've had a mom long enough for him to know a, a tune that she sung to him. And that unlocks the system uh, on the ship, which I thought was really cool. Unlocks the security system. And then he gets him access back. And then they, they played it really well. There wasn't like any hard feelings. I don't think everybody understood where everybody's situation was coming from. Uh, especially when Picard sat down to kind of make everything happen. And he's like, I don't know what I'm doing. Do you guys have any thoughts on that bridge? I- yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty cool. But at the, also at the end, when they enter that wormhole, then is it Narek? Yeah. It, I'm almost positive. It's Narek falling him through that transwarp conduit. Right. Thank you. I forgot to mention that. So, I mean, obviously he's got it. Yeah, you got the, got you got the Borg coming in. You've got, or not the Borg. You got the Romulans coming in. She's got control of the Borg cube. They're, you know, in self-repair. I mean, I think it's all going to come to a head in the next couple episodes. I, I'm kind of curious, and not just the next episode, but I'm curious about season two already. It's, it's almost as if they're wrapping up everything in a neat little bow, and yeah. they're going to call it an end. I kind of wonder what the cliffhanger is going to be. I wasn't really thinking what's going to happen at the end. So, man, it could go a lot of ways. Like, John Luke could come back and take over the Federation again and make them whole or back to the old school Federation that we all know and love, you know, get rid of the corruption maybe where I can see him dying. Like we talked about earlier on in the season, but this, he may only be here for one season. He may sacrifice himself at this end. He's getting old as an actor who knows how many, you know, how much he wants to actually do here. And I feel like we have a good base. Now this show could run without him. I mean, it would, it'd be hard, but I think we have enough interesting characters and they could take the whole seven board cube thing off on its own path that they want to you know, have them join it. They can definitely go Rio story and all that. So who knows? We, we could, you know, get captain Dodge and her AI friends on a ship. That, that again is another, another one of my preseason uh, thoughts was that Picard was only going to be in this for a season, maybe two before he, he ducked out and Picard was just a, um, the name of the show and less about the actual man leading the show. So I, I want to put, put a, you know, another, um, feather in that cap and say that I, I think that that's probably what's going to happen. I think he's going to become head of Starfleet and he is that's, you know, he's going to be more like the, like in Stargate when it didn't have oh, MacGyver. Jack O'Neill. Jack O'Neill or, uh, is one of the main Richard characters. Dean. He was, yeah, Richard Dean Anderson is one of the main characters, but more of one of like the support or whatever. I wonder if he's going to become more of like a communication base and it's going to go back to a Starfleet show with more Picard, not really in the front of the action, but more behind the scenes kind of thing. It could, it definitely could. Uh, I don't know that they're, I mean that, yeah, that, that was my initial theory anyway. And so I am totally on board with that, except that I think we need a stronger crew. I think we're missing something for that to take place yet. Yeah. LaForge, Jordy LaForge and Worf. Oh, geez. Now that you guys are dreaming, it's not going to happen. Oh, I know. We need Tasha Yar back. Mm, that's definitely not going to happen. <laughs> as far as next week's episode, I think we're going to see a lot of conflict. I think we're going to see some um, some more questions being answered with 
people getting to finally see each other and, and talk and meet each other that we necessarily haven't seen come together yet. Like, I think we're going to see more Picard uh, interacting with Narek and Narissa. What do you think is going to happen next week? We obviously know the ship goes down. I mean, we're going to, we're going to get to that planet. We're going to get to Soji's home planet. We're going to meet uh, a lot of the other synths. And we're going to get an idea for the the civilization they had. She asked the question or uh, Gerardi asked the question at one point in time, do you think that they hate us? And, and Soji says she doesn't think so, but she doesn't know so. And, and so I think that uh, there's going to be um, a little bit of a, a reckoning with the synths and what happened uh, on Mars and uh, the ban from them uh, from that point forward. I think there's, there's still something that, that uh, Maddox was burning a candle for. So I, I don't know. I, I'm thinking there's going to be some kind of reckoning with that. I think that um, uh, Narek's in a world of hurt. Um, I'd be surprised to see if he made it through the season um, after you know the next couple of episodes. I think he he did a lot of damage to to Soji's mental state, and I bet she's going to be the one to kill him if not next episode, then then in episode ten. And um, I, I'm expecting that uh, we're going to see. Um, uh, th- now this is where my crazy theory comes in. I think we're going to see Brent Spiner next episode as Data. I can honestly see that with you. Yeah, that's. Uh, I agree. That is less of a uh, far-fetched theory than Data and Worf. I admit, or I mean, uh, Worf and LaForge. So, do you think that there's still sense on that planet? I mean, why do you think that the those the sisters have been sent out, and why 100%. were they on the recommend? Go ahead. Well, I mean, why do you think they were sent out like to the reclamation to earth? You know, why were they find information? I think they were sent out a lot of the same ways that Odo was sent out as from the, the dominion and deep space nine. They just, they sent a couple of people out with uh, as sleeper agents and wanted to find information. I 100% believe that there, that's a planet full of synths right now. Maybe not full of synths, but there's definitely more than a handful you got to wonder how Maddox found it, though. If no one else is able to find it, how did Maddox? Oh, I don't think Maddox found it. I think Maddox seeded it. Like created the planet? No, I think that he created a couple of synths that created a couple of synths that created a bunch of synths. I think this is, you know, the whole you know, the butterfly effect sort of thing. That Two became four, became 16, became 100 and some odd. You know what I mean? Like exponentially... Um, grown from there i i think that i think that they've just started to build themselves out i mean it, okay so that's sounding a lot like battlestar galactica <laughs> so and that very well could be the case i mean it's it's sort of a trope that i think could be reused in multiple sci-fi um, franchises and still work out really well but that's kind of my maybe that's what i'm hoping for is something that parallels battlestar galactica in that case i think i'll probably disappoint it if it actually happens but um, I think that's probably what I have in mind. Well, I think your timeline is off because I thought that from what I was able to gather, and I could be wrong on this, I thought that those synths came traveling out or, you know, contacted and then they were, they died or whatever. And then Maddox left when the Romulan thing happened or the uh, Mars plantation attack found that planet and found that race because he knew they existed to continue his work. Cause I thought what Agnes said, um, because he knew they existed. So he went there to continue his work um, and to learn yeah, more took, about I, them. I, and 
I took that as he fled to that planet after the ban. And then, then things started happening. Then the, the, uh, the, the envoy from that planet came out with, with, uh, Jana and, uh, whatever the name of the other one was called burning flower, or pretty flower or whatever it was. And that, um, that's when Rios, um, did everything he was talking about. I thought that was after Mars, but I could be wrong. Well, if you look at the ships that are coming at them next episode, they look like giant flowers, which I, I was trying to think if that played into anything from Data's past, but I couldn't think of anything. What was the origami thing? And I thought it was an origami thing that he left on the little girl's bed stand. Wasn't it a little origami thing? Remember that, you know, that, that his pen pal? Vaguely, but not enough details. All right. I think that wraps it up. Is there anything else you guys want to mention about this episode? Show's getting better and better. I'm loving it. I thought this was a great episode. I still liked last week's episode better, but it was more for the nostalgia moments, you know. All right, everybody. Thanks for checking out our podcast covering Star Trek Picard Episode 8, Broken Pieces. You can check out all the rest of our content on our website, maturemindedgamers.com. We do board games, video games, and much more. Thanks for listening. Have yourself a great day.